when I was seven, I was so, I was enthralled. I was like, wow, this is like Halloween town. Look at all the creatures. Now looking at them now, I'm like, so y'all said, you know what? We don't have a lot of money. Um, everybody gets $30 a piece. Y'all go down to Party City. Y'all go down to the spirit store. Get, get what you can and come back. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of In Hindsight. We're your hosts, Andrea, Brittany, and Jasmine. We review movies and TV shows from our childhood to see if they still hold up, because sometimes things aren't quite the way you remember them. In this week's episode, we are reviewing Halloween Town, the fourth Disney Channel original movie that aired on October 17, 1998. On her 13th birthday, Marnie Piper not only finds out that she is a witch, but that she and her family are involved in a fight against the evil that is threatening to take over the world. So just a few fun facts before we get started. Halloween Town is the first installment in the series, even though we don't acknowledge the fourth film for reasons. And it was filmed in St. Helens, Oregon, where they host a Halloween Town festival every year. So this movie stars Debbie Reynolds, who plays Agatha Cromwell, Kimberly J. Brown as Marnie Piper, and Judith Hogue as Gwen Cromwell Piper. So Judith Hogue is best known for playing April O'Neil in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that came out in the 90s. We know our girl Kimberly J. Brown from roles in other Disney Channel movies, such as Quince, which we'll get to, and the soap opera Guiding Light. And of course, we have the legendary Debbie Reynolds, actor, singer, businesswoman, who got her start starring in films such as Singing in the Rain and How the West Was Won. I don't know how they got her to do this film, but you know, they must have had a very uh, good contract. Uh, but you may not know that she was also the voice of Charlotte in the animated Charlotte's Web movie from 1973. And she was also Nana Possible and Kim Possible and Lulu Pickles in The Rugrats. <laughs> So with that, with those fun facts out of the way, let's get started. So Brittany, Andrea, before we get into the summary, any general thoughts you want to share? Yeah, so actually I've been to St. Helens, Oregon. Like we went for the Halloween Town thing and there's like, so the pumpkin from the movie was no longer there. They had a big metal pumpkin instead. And it's because at some point, I heard someone telling the story about the pumpkin. Something, some they, some local people stole it, and nobody knows what happened to it. So. Of course, St. Helens, Oregon, was a very interesting place. Hmm. It was, it was not the same energy as the actual Halloween town. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I would have never thought anyone had actually been there that I know, but that's awesome. What what you know what that's a side story. <laughs> I know I'm like about how y'all ended up there. <laughs> well, I'll ask you later. Because remember there was yeah we can talk about it later. It's fine. <laughs> Brittany, anything you want to share before we get started? No, I just love this movie. <laughs> I know, and um, I was I did not, um, I did not know there was like an actual town, um, so that was pretty cool. So I learned some things. Yes. But it always gave me Stars Hollow vibes. So, hmm. yeah, it was interesting. Oh, another fact, comparison. really quick. The mm -hmm. place, the house from Twilight is in the same town. So it's supposed oh. to be set in Forks, Washington, but the actual house is in the same town. So I also saw the Twilight house. I wouldn't have recognized oh, wow. it if uh, my cousin didn't tell me, but apparently I saw the Twilight house. Interesting. I, I guess this is just the spot for all the. Uh, it is a very Halloween-ish place. Like if you were gonna picture a Halloween town, <laughs> that was it. That is funny. Wow. Okay. Well, now I gotta go back and. Well, no, I'm never watching Twilight again, <laughs> <laughs> unless we do it for this particular show. But we're, yeah, we're definitely doing it for. Oh God! Okay. No. <laughs> I think I have to vote no. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the summary. So we open with some heavy foreshadowing. So the opening shot is a jack-o'-lantern being shown through the leaves of a tree while spooky music is playing in the background. And as the camera zooms closer, the movie's title card appears in a very late 90s font. And they got that from Microsoft Word. 
and the candle inside the jack-o'-lantern is snuffed out dramatically. So the scene transitions to Halloween night as kids are out trick-or-treating and we hear the iconic Halloween town theme music. We're led to one house where a young girl, seven-year-old Sophie, is looking at the festivities from the living room window. As the kids outside decide to skip Sophie's house, she whispers that somebody's coming. Her 12-year-old brother Dylan overhears Sophie and tells her that no one ever comes there on Halloween. Meanwhile, the oldest sibling, Marnie, is arguing with her mother, Gwen, about why she and her siblings can never go out to celebrate Halloween. Marnie wants to go to a costume party with her friends, but her mom says that she cannot go because she has her reasons and that she will explain those reasons when Marnie is taller. Apparently, there are just some things about Halloween that Marnie doesn't understand. So let's get into this opening. So what were your thoughts on this opening sequence and the way in which the characters were established? And what did you think of the conversation between Marnie and her mom? Okay, so I think I always love the ending. I feel like it, and not the ending, the beginning. Wow. Um, it, it just sets it up. You're like, what's happening? And the music, when the music came on, the wave of nostalgia that I got mm -hmm. with that little tune, doo, 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 doo. I love it. So um, I think that they did a really good job setting it up. Um, also, I feel like another movie where the small child knows what's happening and nobody is listening to her because don't nobody be listening to Sophie the whole movie. Mm -hmm. She be having all the information and the facts and predicting everything. So I noticed that um, Marnie and Gwen, I just, it's, I guess just another thing going back to communication. Um, yeah, I just... <laughs> There's more, I, I have more thoughts, but I'll save them for like the later section. Yeah, so with Marnie and Gwen, I thought Gwen was kind of overreacting. I, she, she has such a strong feeling about Halloween. She does, Marnie deserved to know why at this point. And mm -hmm. I, understand, I understand why Gwen wasn't saying anything, but you gotta come up with something because you're, you're having a really strong reaction over something that is kind of normal. <laughs> so it's, I, I think, I think, this word's a discussion. I think Marty was right to be upset. It's like all my friends are going to Halloween parties. Why can't I? It's so yeah. That was that's what I thought about that. That's not something I ever noticed before. Plus, Marty is well. We don't know this now, but she's about to turn thirteen. So I feel like you have a kid getting up into that preteen age. Like mm -hmm. they're smart enough to be able to notice. Um, you're not talking about this, and something is up, and you're yeah. not telling me why. <laughs> Yes. You can't really just give them a blanket answer of like, just because. No. Exactly. That's why I, we'll get into it more, of course, as we go through more of the movie. But I'm like, how long did you think this whole lie was going to last? Honestly, like it just like as a kid, I remember looking at this first part and be like, oh, my gosh, she's the worst parent ever. How dare she not let Marnie and her, you know, her siblings go out for Halloween? Like, you know, why? And even so as an adult, I was like. You know, maybe I'll take the mom's side in this film, but I absolutely did not. I was like, Gwen, you are on, you're treading on thin ice I, with me. So I, I don't know. I could, anyway, we'll get into her motivations later, but uh, I definitely agree with what y'all have said. Um, I'm going to rewind it just a little bit and talk about the three characters. And first, the opening credits. Like you, Brittany, as soon as I heard the do, 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 do. I was like, yes, we're in Halloween town. I'm with it. Like I'm seven again. Like it's awesome. <laughs> um, shout out to the composer of the film for putting that together. It's a bop. The opening, oh, the opening credit. Did y'all notice that Calabar was spelled with a C and not a K? I was like, wait a minute. No, I didn't notice that. <laughs> That's not correct. I know. I was like, y'all got to choose. Which is it? <laughs> Cause it's right on there. Um, Calibar with so, K is so much better than Calibar with is. C. It is. Like that gives me villain right there. Exactly. Um, I feel like they were very heavy. And there, of course, there are a lot of things I didn't notice as a kid watching this, but they were very heavy handed in the characterization. <laughs> just, I don't know if that was done on purpose or they were just 
I don't know. The film apparently was filmed in 24 days. So they were like, we got to get, we got to make sure you know who's who. That uh, makes sense. I felt like it was filmed or if I felt like it was moving fast, especially in that beginning part, like they were giving, they were dumping a lot on us in that yes. conversation, that argument between Gwyn and Marnie. We like pretty much got the entire setup for the rest of the movie in like two minutes. It's like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They relied a lot on exposition. I'm like, can you show us instead? Because, okay, so Sophie, she was giving me Haley Joel Osment in the sixth sense. I was like, she's yeah. creepy, but I'm enjoying Agreed. it. <laughs> just, I wish I felt like that with her. <laughs> I wish she would be just whispering around the house. I'd be like, girl, please, please stop. <laughs> it's just saying somebody's coming. I'm like, I don't want to know. D Dylan, apparent, you know, he is the nerd. He is the dweeb. Like, there is no doubt about it. I was like, this poor child. I was reading some, and they say he looked like Rick Moranis, and now I can't unsee it. So I'm just like, this, this poor child. Um, but they made sure you knew uh, what kind of person he was. But when Marnie pushed him back on the couch, I died laughing. I was like, this is not supposed to be funny, but, you know, he was getting on my nerves as well. And then Marnie, she's weird. Okay, we, we know off jump. Like that's her whole personality is that she's weird. She likes weird things. And I was like, Is it a Halloween movie if there isn't a kid who's obsessed with Halloween? It doesn't even make sense. I know. To, that's the whole point of the movie. So I was like, Can we see how that she's weird? Because everybody, her friend says she's weird. Then her brother says she's weird. Then he says she's weird again. I'm like, okay, we get it. Like <laughs> get it. And honestly, she wasn't that weird. She was quite normal. <laughs> Exactly. She, she really wasn't like she was just interested in like Halloween stuff, which I feel like most kids mm -hmm. are interested in all these things and want to dress up and want. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like she was that odd. No, and especially like you're like you were saying, Brittany, she's thirteen. You know, that's the time. You know, you're trying to establish your identity. You want to do what your friends are doing. So, like, of course, she wanted to go out. Why? <laughs> I was that a surprise. Um, but I was trying to figure out what her costume was. I was like, that girl just had a like a mesh shirt on. So what was she supposed to be? The 80s? I don't know. <laughs> it was weird. I didn't even notice. I think it was just the colors, the, the purple and the orange. I don't yeah. think it's necessarily a, a costume. She wasn't allowed to wear costumes. True. So I was just like, but <laughs> the whole beginning part. Have you ever tried to, well, we, most of us have, tried to ask your parents for something in front of your friends and just end up being embarrassed? <laughs> like, yeah. like the nurse at work? I no, was like, no, no, I knew better tragic. than that. Mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> My mom had to be worked. You know what I mean? Like I knew I, I, you had to get her at certain times, in a certain mood. Everything had to be calculated. Because, <laughs> see, it's she like really you asked. Um... Okay, Brittany. I was just gonna say she really tried it because like if her mom has been this way forever to ask this question or to try to get this what she wants but with other people around she just really did set herself up for some embarrassment she would she did and her friends told all her business talking about she don't pay attention i said i would be like girl you can't come over here no more <laughs> i just i'm over it. but like every time i used to try to do that which wasn't a lot because i learned but it would like they take you over to the side like don't ever ask me in front of your friends again <laughs> just like okay sorry. or like you know you go to like a family function and your cousins are like can can you sleep over and then you ask in front of your mom it's like it never goes well so anyway so with so she's weird she's an outcast most Disney protagonists are some sort of outcast or they feel like they're not like anyone else. But her whole thing about I'm 13, I'm practically a grown up. I'm old, I'm old enough to make my own choices. How did y'all feel about her, uh, <laughs> her thoughts on being 13? I mean, when you're eight watching this movie or however, however old we were, seven, um, I was like, yeah, she is basically an adult. She's almost in high school. <laughs> She is fully almost an adult. She should be allowed to go out with her friends. <laughs> but then you turn 14, you're like, oh, no, Marty, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was just like, you sure? You sure you want to be a grown up? Because, see, you always want to be an adult until you become one. It's like, mm, I didn't know what I had back then. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I was a weird kid. Especially I didn't want to be an adult. You, you knew already, Andrea. You saw, <laughs> you saw it for the scam that it was. 
So let's see anything on before we keep going, anything on Dylan that y'all want to add? Dylan made me uncomfortable. He was like one step away from being one of those super misogynistic nerd, like condescending nerds that never listens to a woman. His whole character was like he needed to be saved. He was still young enough to be saved, but they weren't doing a good job. (laughs) Not saved. (laughs) You know what he made me um, think of? Did you guys watch Umbrella Academy? Oh, well, maybe this might be a spoiler. Okay, no. never mind. Well, okay, it, it felt like they were trying to put, like, a 50-year-old in, like, this little bitty kid's body, and I was just like, this little child, he, I mean, he can, you know, read the newspaper, whatever it is he likes to do, fine, but he just didn't seem like he had fun, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, and I'm like, is that because of mom, or, like, was he trying so hard to not be like Marnie? I don't know, but it just seemed like he didn't have no room for fun or anything or play. He just was kind of, I'm going to be the parent and tell, like, I got to tell you guys what to do and what not to do. So poor Dylan. I think that's a good point. I think he was trying to not be like Marnie and impress his mom. Mm-hmm. Cause he makes a comment. We'll talk about it later, but he makes a comment later that kind of leads to that. Yes. Yeah. I got some more things about Dylan, but we will, <laughs> we'll get into little Dylan. But what made me laugh? He was talking about Arbor Day was a better investment of time. I was just like, who wrote this? <laughs> who wrote this script for this child? a myth. All right. So <laughs> um, last thing here. Yeah. Gwen, she's got some you know, I saw that whole film. I watched it twice and I still don't understand her, but we'll we'll try. Maybe y'all can illuminate that for me as we go through this. All right. So Sophie, still at the window, repeats that somebody's coming and Gwen takes her upstairs. Dylan asks Marnie why she's so obsessed with Halloween since it gives kids dumb ideas about the existence of magic. And he tells her not to mention their dad because it bums out their mom. So we've got another dead parent, folks. We can add it to the counter. Uh, outside, we see a bus flying through the sky, and it lands at a bus stop that appears out of thin air. A woman steps off the bus in an amazing cloak and floats down to the ground Mary Poppins style. At the house, Gwen tells Sophie that she can have a cookie after dinner. But Sophie, who wants the cookie now, magically moves it from the plate. Gwen realizes what's happening, grabs the cookie, and stuffs it in her mouth so that Sophie doesn't realize that she has magical powers. The woman from the bus, who was revealed to be Gwen's mother, Agatha, or Aggie, shows up in the kitchen for her annual Halloween visit. The children are happier to see Aggie than Gwen is, and Aggie begins pulling out nondescript candy and various other (laughs) objects from her bag. Aggie notes that this is Marnie's 13th Halloween, and Gwen replies that she is well aware. After the kids put on their interesting costumes and eat dinner, Gwen agrees to let Aggie tell them a bedtime story. After the kids head upstairs, Aggie suggests that they could all move back home since there's nothing holding Gwen here now that her husband has passed on. But Gwen is determined to live a normal life. Aggie promises Gwen that she will not tell the kids anything about their home. All right, so now we've got Agatha coming to visit. So what are your thoughts about Grandma Aggie and the visit so far and specifically the conversation between Gwen and Grandma Aggie? Okay, so I love grandma's entrance. I I was like, I was here for it. I was like, ooh, this is fun. Um, and if I, I mean, if I was a kid, naturally, well, I feel like grandmothers have a fun role, but like if I got to choose between mom who never lets me do anything and grandma who's like fun and exciting, like, of course I want to hang out with grandma and not mom. So it was interesting, like, the mom and grandma arguing because I don't think in this movie we ever really understand why mom is so intent on being normal, but it just it's just such a intense need. Like she, at some point she just decided to give up everything, and I don't know if it was because of her husband or was it because her husband died or we never understand like why she's so intent on being normal, and I feel like she's so strict. And that's unfortunate. I do feel like though Marnie was really pushing it because she she was kind of going in on mom and I was like, I don't know if I would have been able to talk to my mom for that long. The way she was talking to her, she said, you never let us do anything fun. Do you think you guys cannot fight for once? Is what she said to mom. 
And I said, okay, you kind of crossed the line here a little bit. But I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't even say to my mom that to my mom now. I've seen my mom and grandma fight, and now I would not say that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like, Marnie was really, really trying it. And I mean, she didn't get no repercussions, but man, she she really, I feel like she has a smart mouth. The whole intro Uh, was just her going in. And I was like, wait a minute. Now she. I was like, is she going to annoy me now that I'm an adult? And like, I understand why she was upset. Obviously, your mom's been lying to you your whole life. But she she was saying a lot of stuff. And I I used to be really in awe, like watching these movies when I was that age. Like, wow, like other kids get to talk back to their parents, like and slam doors and have tantrums. Like, where is this magical realm where I can go? Because that would have never happened in my house. But sorry, carry on, Brittany. You got to go to Oregon. <laughs> You can visit the town. You got to live there so you can experience this. I like that it shows us that Sophie has powers. I like that they got that started early, too. Mm -hmm. So there would be no questions about what's happening. But you're right about. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I do notice that nobody gives straight answers. Even the grandma doesn't really give straight answers. Neither does mom. So of course, these kids is confused. But grandma was like, grandma's not. she wasn't, she was told not to. She was literally mm-hmm. told, don't tell my kids anything. She was trying, right. <laughs> but Gwen was, Gwen was like, yeah, the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what she thought was going to happen. I mean, I guess she thought the kids would just want to go to Halloween town. I just, I have so many questions about the mom and I yes. feel like they made her character so shallow uh, and yeah. dimensional and we don't get any of those answers. I'm She's just, like, just a generic mom stopping kids from having fun and that's and they that's it they she really doesn't have any other explanation for anything <laughs> no she doesn't she's one of those parents it's like every response is like because i said so it's like that's not a reason that's, and that's not a reason and that's not fair to kids like okay i get why you wouldn't sit there and explain something to sophie but you got to talk to your older kids they're old enough to yes. reason now <laughs> exactly just because you're a teenager that doesn't mean you don't deserve respect exactly <laughs> I was, yeah, I was. Marnie, um, Marnie felt that. She said, my mom don't respect me. I don't respect her. (laughs) She went in. I said, ooh. Um, The fact that, so yeah, the the motivations are very paper thin. And the whole time I was like, maybe I just blocked it out of my memory where they explained everything, but they didn't. And when Dylan was was telling Marnie to like stop talking about their dad because it makes her sad, I was like, so wait. They can't go on a Halloween. They can't mention their father that passed away fairly recently, it seemed like. So what can these kids do? Like, that just really was a weird thing. They can't have a cookie uh, before dinner. <laughs> but like, okay, why would you put cookies out? Why would you take them out of whatever container and be like, here's it on the dinner table, but no, you can't have it. Like, Gwen, you are really on some other stuff here. <laughs> No, but that was weird to me. Uh, but yeah, Aggie's Agatha's entrance. It was Agatha all, all along. That's all I could think about. <laughs> it was Agatha. Oh, like, yeah. That's a bop too. Um, yeah, the Mary Poppins influence was real heavy. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. And then mm-hmm. I was like, she was giving me Mary Poppins. She was giving me Miss Frizzle with the cloak and the stars yeah. and all that. I was like, and then Dylan was giving me Arnold. After that, I was like, I was like, that's exactly who you are. That's exactly who you are. I'm so sorry. That's hilarious. Uh, Debbie Reynolds' energy was so perfect for this movie. She was an absolute treasure in this movie. Absolute treasure. She was. She really made it. Also, the name Agatha Cromwell is a very, it just, it's a great name for a witch. It's a grandma. Mm -hmm. It just, the energy it gives, it's great. And also, how come nobody noticed the bus stop? Thank like, you. Those kids just ran past it. Did you not see the bus flying out of the sky? <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. I would have been like, no, nah, oh. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I guess magic, but then her kids could, I mean, her grandkids saw the bus stop. Maybe only if you're related to, I I'm, know I'm, I'm making stuff up far more than they've planned for this movie. <laughs> I also wonder, like, if Grandma only comes on Halloween for a couple hours, how 
Like, how well do you guys know grandma if she comes one t- day a year for like five hours and then just leaves? I, that just seems real sad to me also. Mm-hmm. You don't, don't know her. All like you that. know is that she's funner than mom. That's it. That's all you know. Exactly. <laughs> and also, what happened to um, Gwen's dad? I don't know. It's just questions. That's all I got. Nobody has parents. You cannot have you a can't, parent. You can't have two parents. How are you going to have character development with two parents? It's not possible. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, that, but what you asked earlier, I'm like, did something happen? Like, what happened to her husband? Did he just die of natural cause? Co- uh, like, I don't know. Was he hit by a magical bus? Like, what was her issue? Because I was like, is it something with him? Did she have a bad experience when she was in Halloween Town and she was running from it? Like later, I was like, did Calabar do something? And that's why they broke up. But then she was fine. I don't know. It was just weird. No, anyway. you're yeah, you're you're putting a lot of um, depth into something that did not originally have depth. So well, again, I'm trying to remind myself 24 days. They said, who cares? <laughs> um, Sophie. <laughs> Sophie was me. She said, I'm glad you're here, Grandma, but where the gifts at? Like, <laughs> I, I know you only hear that. That tickled me. I was just like, and the special effects on that cookie had me dying. I was like, I know this is 1998, but I, <laughs> they didn't even try. They no. might as well just had a little string on it. Yeah. Um, that candy see. in that bag made me mad. I, and to this day, I get upset about that candy. Like, that's the candy you brought? <laughs> Grandma, I see you once a year and you couldn't get this neighborhood Reese's? What are you doing? Oh, she had the Werther. She had... Uh, it was so she, bad. She didn't even have the strawberry candies. Like, <laughs> I actually like those, but I don't know what that was. Some butterscotch, some... That, those mm-hmm. were nasty. Very upset. <laughs> What, did y'all notice? It was weird. She was like, when she took out the cam- the candy, she was like, let's go put on our bikinis and go swimming in it. And I was like, huh? <laughs> Who wrote that? Fun grandma. <laughs> it was it was weird. Uh, what did y'all think of the gifts that she gave them? Like all the little objects she had? Because I was like, okay. I thought they were appropriate for someone who was from Halloween Town, but in the human world, they probably didn't translate as well as they would have. She did her best, is, is what I'll say there. She did. She was pulling out a pentagram. I said, oh, Lord, what y'all fit to do? Honestly, you know what? Their mom could have just said, you know what? We're Jehovah's Witnesses, so we're not doing this. <laughs> like, she could have just said for religious reasons. She could have made up anything. She didn't. She never gave an explanation. Never gave an explanation. I'm just like, because at that point, I didn't realize that other kids didn't celebrate Halloween. So I didn't realize, you know, some, you know, religious households were like, no, nah, we're not doing that. You know, we couldn't do Halloween. You couldn't read Harry Potter. But like now as an adult, I'm like, you could have just said that. If you if you're just really committed to this lie. But, <laughs> I don't know. Um, also, the hieroglyphics. I was like, Harold is going to show up in this film. Like, before y'all uh, <laughs> say anything over it. I think they're in the same universe. But anyway. <laughs> I agree. Um, I think so, too. <laughs> Let's see. Again, they're determined to... Oh, go ahead, Brittany. I just said it only makes sense. Yeah. Somewhere in Halloween Town. I hope so. So he can be happy and I have to rely on three kids. We're talking about the mummy from under wraps, by the way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Y'all got to keep up. (laughs) The Deep Universe. So again, they're determined to let us know that Marnie is weird. She is weird. She <laughs> likes weird stuff. She knew the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Dylan is a hater. And <laughs> Brittany, what you were saying before, I had a whole thing about the parent, the what do you call it? Parentification of Dylan in this whole mm-hmm. movie. Like him and the yeah. mom, like the mom looked to him for support, like she would another parent. And I was like, that's not helpful. Like you're gonna cause some resentment. You're gonna cause some really weird family dynamics. Um, he, She kept looking at him to back her up. And I was just like, let him be a kid. Like he wants to enjoy what his grandma is bringing him. He wanted to hear the bedtime story. And she was looking at him like, how dare you? I'm like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, agreed. I was going to talk about that, the fortification. And I just feel like Dylan, I mean, I think it gets a little better as the movie goes on, but I just feel like he don't even got space to have an imagination. No, not at all. I think he he's he probably prone to not be an imaginative kid anyway. It, 
he's probably wired a little less, um, a little more grounded than, than Marnie in the first place. And it just gets worse if Gwen is using him the way you guys said he, she is. I mean, it's, it's fine that he doesn't have to have an imagination, but he's not even allowed to, like, enjoy Grandma's visit. That That's what, yeah. Poor Dylan. You know, <laughs> you can't help being a hater. Um, and then she said encouragement. I think Dylan said encouragement isn't good. And I was just sitting there like, okay, I understand that you have an issue with magic for some fake reason, but why would you want to encourage your children to, like, delve into their interests. Now, if she's trying to summon demons and get a Ouija board out, then yeah, we might need to have a conversation. But like, if she's just interested in magic and stuff, like, whatever. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I was over Gwen. Okay, so last thing here, let's get into these costumes real quick. <laughs> what was going on there? Someone explain this to me. What, what was that? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think they were trying actually, to be the things in Halloween Town, right? Like we see these characters later in Halloween Town. But girl, you came all the way from Halloween Town, Halloween Town, <laughs> and that's the best you could bring. That was the best you got. She brought, she brought her a sheet and said, "You a ghost." Now, I could have gone down to the Walmart and. <laughs> oh, Brittany, you about to say something? No, I just I think I can't remember all the costumes, but I know that Marnie got like a cloak. Didn't she get like a witch's cloak or something? She was a wicked, as she said. She she got that, but then the sheet was just like, that where I was like, oh, that's that's all you could do. I agree. I don't know. Marnie looked like she was going down to the medieval times after dinner. I said, girl, I don't know what this is. Uh, Dylan's costume, like the butt was really weird. I was like, is that, the, did y'all see that? Like when they were walking in the kitchen, I was like, what is happening with this costume? I don't know. I for, I forgot what Dylan's costume is. It was like a, I don't know, a troll or a gnome or something. I don't know what he was supposed to be, honestly. He said he looked like a pimple. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of like, she could have done a little bit better, but then we we understand uh, the budget here in a minute. Um, the instructions on the ghost sounds reminded me of Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> it's like, where, I don't know, Harry Potter, where are y'all gonna show up? I was waiting for Ron and Hermione to, to show up at some point in this film. Um, let's see. The last thing here, I was wondering, so again, Gwen, what, Maybe what are the living conditions in Halloween Town? Like, what's the political landscape? Like, why did she want to escape so bad? Because honestly, after the year we've had, I'm ready to go to Halloween Town, honestly. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. I'm ready to be beamed up. So it was just very strange. It's like I want you, it's like I want you to get to know them, mom, but like don't tell them anything about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, what what kind of relationship? Their family dynamics, they're arguing or they're lying or they're keeping secrets. What kind of family is this? Anyway. All right. So anything well, else? Well, actually, that sounds like, like a pretty normal family. If you want. <laughs> well, you're right. No shade. You're right. Oh, let's thought of earlier. I know I mentioned the religion piece earlier. Um, and that's fine. Like, if you don't ho celebrate Halloween, that is fine. It was just interesting how they brought in like all these cultural pieces and I was like, for what reason? I didn't realize it until I watched it again and then I had to do some Googling, but they were like the pentagram. Then they were talking about banshees, which I think are like Welsh or Irish and then like divots or divics, which are like Jewish, um, like uh, demons and like <laughs> all this stuff. And I was like, did they, the Egyptian book? I was like, what's going on here, Disney? Like. Y'all just said, throw everything in here. Okay. Yep. Um, okay. All right. That's it for me. So Aggie tells the kids about Halloween Town, a mystical place where witches, vampires, and other creatures live together in peace and shows them a book as proof of its existence. Sophie points out a drawing of a witch in the book that resembles Marnie. Marnie sees the resemblance, but insists that there is nothing special about her. Aggie begins to tell her about the prominent Cromwell family, but Gwen interrupts like a hater, and says that Aggie needs to head back home. 
Gwen lets her mother know how upset she is that she told the kids about Halloween Town against her wishes. We learn that the Cromwells are a family of witches and a witch's 13th Halloween is supposed to mark the completion of her training. Marnie sneaks downstairs and overhears Aggie saying that if she does not begin training that night, she will lose her powers forever. Gwen insists that Marnie will be raised as a mortal, like her father was, and not a witch. Aggie then asks Gwen for help. Citizens of Halloween Town have been disappearing, and while Gwen doesn't take this seriously, Aggie believes that something evil is afoot. Marnie tells Dylan about what she heard and decides to follow Aggie back to Halloween Town. All right, so now we've got everything, the secrets are revealed. Now we know they are witches and warlocks. So what are your thoughts here, uh, specifically about Aggie telling the kids about Halloween Town and essentially doing the opposite of what she promised Gwen? And then what was your take on Gwen's plan to keep Marnie mortal? So I feel like Aggie was smart because she said, well, I'm not gonna tell them, but I'm gonna read them. <laughs> a book that is exactly <laughs> everything I would tell them. And it's, it's okay, it's a children's story. And then I'll just let them know it's real. <laughs> so I was like, she was thinking, cause she, she planned ahead. Cause she brought that book. She knew she was gonna do that <laughs> before she got there. Mm -hmm. I feel like Gwen needs to not make decisions for her daughter. Cause then what's gonna happen if she grows up and then realizes she could have had powers and you didn't let her now she's just gonna hate you. So yeah. how is this helpful for your relationship? Mm -hmm. Nothing at all. Um, I also have questions about this training thing because like technically did Marnie really train at all? Like, so no. how does she keep her power? I don't know. I wonder how that works. But that's, again, that's too deep for the movie. And we well, have another scene where- Sorry, Agatha said that um, if she, gets starts training before she turns 13 then she wouldn't lose her powers right does does what she does in this film count as training maybe it's a loose definition i, it's, I guess so maybe but I mean, she, she, she got to cast town. some spells you know <laughs> well, well we'll get to that because i was like well did you really <laughs> um i was gonna bring up that we have another kid eavesdropping Yes. On a conversation. And I'm just like, this has never worked for me. No. Never in my life has there been a time where I could eavesdrop one, the timing of hearing an important conversation that was just being had in the blue, just like out in the open, and then standing at the right location where I could hear it and not be seen. That has never happened to me in all my almost 30 years. Uh, but it just seems so easy <laughs> for these yes, characters. I, I guess we got to move the plot forward. Well, yeah, that's like the only reason. But like, I used to try to be in grown folks business, but then they would realize you're there just when it's getting good and then you have to go. <laughs> oh. I always thought they were boring. I was like, I was like, adults are arguing about, I mean, it was just my family because they were always arguing and I didn't like that, but it was, I always thought, okay, I'm going to go in a different room now because I, I didn't, no one ever had to tell me stay out of grown folks business because I, I just never wanted to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, it's good sometimes. You be finding out all types of stuff. Like, oh, okay. I know that um, now, but I did not know that. I was naive then. I did not know then. Lord. And like Brittany was saying, I love when people say in movies, like, oh, I'll, I promise I'm never going to do this thing. And then the next scene is them doing the thing. <laughs> Aggie, I can't. Do y'all feel like yeah. Aggie was overstepping her boundaries? No. I, okay. <laughs> Aggie was doing the right thing. <laughs> He was. She was giving Marnie an option. The option she deserved. So I was trying to I be mean, fair. Oh, go ahead. Brittany. Again, mom still has not. Well, maybe grandma knows, but we don't know. That's like a concrete reason. Mm -hmm. So maybe if they were able to have that conversation, they could talk through like, oh, what's what are you so worried about? But mom is just like, no, come and visit and don't tell them anything about where we're from. So mm -hmm. I. So I, I'm like more on grandma's side anyway. So even, I mean, I don't think she really overstepped, but even if she did, I wouldn't care. I'm like, no, you <laughs> gotta do. I, I was trying to be fair. I was like, okay, I, you know, I'm biased obviously because grandma Aggie is an icon, but you know, just parenting, you know how, you know, people's grandparents try to tell them how to parent or do stuff against their 
wishes or whatever. So I was like, I could get why Gwen was upset. But like you said, Brittany, like you don't actually have any ground to stand on. So it doesn't matter <laughs> your feelings. Yeah. Also, I feel like it was too easy for them to sneak out this house. Yeah. And she was not paying attention at all. They went right behind her. She didn't hear the door close. She didn't hear nobody come down the stairs. Like Mm-mm. nothing. Like her kids was gone. She was right there. She was right behind her. I'm like, yeah. she might as well just slam the door. She still wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> all was like, overprotection for nothing. So let's let's talk about this story um, that she uses. So first of all, when she started describing Halloween Town, I was like, Dylan, no, this is not like Cleveland. And the fact that you know Cleveland has a nice school district, you got to go outside. You got to go outside more. Uh, <laughs> They just look like a video like, or something. <laughs> Get a toy, like I don't know, something doing. The fact that you know the phrase "school district" at your age is is upsetting. Like, and I mean, well. you can know what a school district is, but the fact that you are like evaluating good <laughs> and bad school districts is just going too far. As I'm saying, it's like this 50 year old. They mm-hmm. squeeze into what was he like eight? I don't even know. He's twelve. Oh, oops. well, Marnie was twelve. He couldn't have been twelve. He Wait, had to be like well, no, ten. She's, she's thirteen. She's thirteen. Oh, he's twelve. Okay. and Sophie's seven. Okay. So he does lose his power too, I guess. But I, yeah, ain't nobody concerned about him though, because he don't even want it. Well, okay. that that comes up later. Which there's a lot of opportunities for resentment in this family, and I was like, Gwen, you need to uh, fix it right now <laughs> because it's not going down a good road. Um, we have something similar here to kind of what under wraps. Uh, I cannot remember the boy's name, the main character, Marshall. I think maybe I don't that know. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it was Marshall. So he kind of has the same sort of deal here. So Grandma Aggie says, you can't tell what's in a monster's heart just by looking at them. So the creatures are just like human beings. They deserve to be treated with respect. So here we've got some anti-hatred, anti-bigotry themes. (laughs) Yet again, in a film, you know, allegory, perhaps. It didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) They kind of contradicted themselves, but you know, what ifs. But that comes up when she's talking about the history. So we'll get into that. Brittany, you go and say something. I was going to talk. I have thoughts about how they contradicted themselves, but I'm going to get there when we get to. Okay. <laughs> I just want to set this up so we can just tear it down as we as we usually do. Um, so the fact that now look, if my grandma who never comes, I'd be I'd be into the story. But she, when she said, I, you know, it's a real place. I read it in a book. I'm thinking she's gonna pull out an ancient tome. She's gonna pull out an official an encyclopedia. She pulled out a, a five-page picture book written for children. I said, so wait. <laughs> so y'all are impressed by this? I would have been like, Grandma, please. You just went down to the Barnes and Noble real quick. So, and honestly, did the witch look like Marnie no, or just a generic white woman? It literally could have been anybody. Literally anybody. Anybody. It was, it was, it was, and even as a kid, I was like, that could, it's just a generic person. <laughs> that's like a stock picture or something. Girl, it looked like that clip art you get on my word in 95. <laughs> like, okay, Marnie. You, Marnie seemed sort of self absorbed throughout this film. And this was the first instance. She was like, yeah, it's me. Is it, girl? Okay. <laughs> Well, she's a teenager. We're all self-absorbed at that age. (laughs) I know. I'm just like, Brittany, anything there? Sophie also said, oh, look, this is you, Marnie. But yeah. It could have been Sophie. (laughs) It could have been Sophie, right? It could have been anybody. Any white woman. And honestly, it probably should have been Sophie, but I'm going to get to that later because... They did my girl Sophie wrong. And I never realized it watching that. Like, watching it at seven... I wasn't paying her no attention, but now I'm like, uh-uh, you all gonna put some respect on her name. Um, so the, the conversation, let's move to the conversation with Gwen and Aggie. Um, how much fried chicken did she make? Because she had about seven breasts and thighs left. <laughs> Who was somebody else coming over? <laughs> what, 
what happened here. Um, and the fact that she, I was like, you know, Gwen, you don't have the right spirit to fried chicken. I'm not eating your fried chicken. <laughs> you out here lying. I don't want none of it. I don't trust it. Um, but how dare you try to make a life-changing decision for your daughter without telling her about it? Yeah. Rude. I'm saying, Beyond rude. Just, there's nothing good Without that can come good out of reason. that. That relationship is going to be. I'm not even sure what a good really reason would be for that. I couldn't even. I can't even come up with anything. I don't know. There's, there's nothing. <laughs> there's something. We mm, we should have. They should have asked us. They should have. We should have been consultants. <laughs> at at seven started. or at, at the seven. time six when the movie was being filmed. <laughs> yes. I feel like we could have felt in some way. Um, and not her, because I was like, okay, if you want to keep magic from her, it's terrible, but whatever, do you? But the fact that she could lose her powers forever, I said forever, forever, ever, like that. Can you imagine? Okay. Can you imagine you look back at your mom, you realize it's at like 30. And you're like, wait a minute. So hold on. I could have had magical powers. I could have gone to a magical realm and left the United States. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I could have been out here, you know, doing spells and stuff and not having to pay taxes. But here I am in a normal life. That's rude. Like, that's just terrible. I would have never spoken to my mother again. Again, it's not clear what mom is trying to protect Marnie from. So no. <laughs> it just... Makes Gwen's character unlikable. It does. And question. So they mentioned that, well, we haven't gotten there yet, but essentially they mentioned that uh, Gwen and her husband met, I guess, William, I think his name. They met on Halloween. So I was like, did Gwen think that she was going to go out to this party, meet somebody from Halloween Town, and then run off and elope? Like, what what did she think was going to happen if they went outside? I just... I don't know if they met in Halloween Town or if they just met on Halloween in like the human world. It was, yeah. It was That's how I thought. It was a ladder. Oh, okay. I, yeah, uh, I don't know. I just, nothing, they didn't, they should have really uh, cleaned up that part. Or maybe if they had extra six days of filming, they could have figured out how to make that better. But not six days. It just leaves us a question. Um, goodness. So moving on to the other problem here. Well, first of all, so Aggie tells Gwen, hey, I'm concerned. Like there's people disappearing. They're acting funny. Like something is going on. And Gwen is like, I'm sure you believe there's some sort of problem, but that has nothing to do with me. Now, girl, you've got five strikes now. So you're going to gaslight your, your children and your mother? Like what is going on here? I don't know. What did y'all think about how Gwen responded to her concerns? At this point, I was kind of over Gwen, so I don't, I didn't really care what she had to say. I was, I was annoyed that she was being this unreasonable. Like, she wasn't listening. I, I wonder how the, I feel like the mom's relationship with, with, or I just use her name, Gwen's relationship with Aggie couldn't have been that great either if they just spoke once a year on Halloween. I don't know. Or I don't know if they communicated. I wonder if, she just kind of discounts everything that grandma says just because it's grandma and then she doesn't want anything to do with that world. But she was real quick to be like, oh, yeah, well, I'm sure that you're upset, but they don't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was like, okay, later. Okay. Everybody is in danger, including your children. So Same. perhaps. Perhaps Same. something should have been done. Here we are again. Another movie where we're not listening to children or the elderly. You see what I'm saying? I'm about to write a dissertation because y'all, Disney, you trying it. You really trying it. Listen to your grandparents, y'all. <laughs> they might know what they're talking about. Um, the, the last thing I want to point out here, because this kind of gets into right before she leaves, she talks to Dylan, which... I guess Dylan was the only person awake because I would have told him nothing. I would have just been gone because you see how he acts. But Dylan said, and this is Andrea to your point earlier about what Dylan's going to turn into. <laughs> he said, when Marty tells him all this stuff, he says, I think it proves that insanity is hereditary and I hope boys are immune. 
Yeah. Those are the beginning stages. <laughs> Oof. I have forgotten that part. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. That's uh, not okay. It's not. I just, I was like, you're going to become an incel. Honestly, you're going to oh, turn yeah. into Cal- you're gonna turn into Calabar in a minute, but here we go. <laughs> That's exactly um, what Calabar is. <laughs> I was just like, you hope, boy. First of all, okay. It reminded me, okay. It brought me back to Vic- Victorian England, you know, and the way that women were oppressed by psychiatry and pseudoscience to say that they were insane and hysterical for like w- w- regular things. Like, how dare you divorce your husband? Or how dare you not want to shake my hand? Or like some weird stuff. It's just like, what is going on? So I was like, Dylan, you are really on a dangerous path. And I just, I don't know. That that line, I just had to pause it for a moment. Like, really? That's gross. But okay. All right. So anything else before we get to Halloween Town? Okay. So... Marnie and Dylan sneak out of the house very loudly and follow Aggie. They see her getting onto the magical bus and sneak on through the back door. When they arrive in Halloween Town, Aggie gets off the bus and catches up with her friend Harriet, and we see that someone is watching her from a window. This is where we begin to see how low the budget of this film was. (laughs) The kids are in awe at Halloween Town, and they lose sight of Aggie. Marnie and Dylan realize that Sophie has sneaked onto the bus with them, or snuck onto the bus with them, rather, and Sophie notices that there's something off about the jack-o'-lantern in Town Square. The kids are approached by Calabar, warlock and mayor of Halloween Town, who is excited by the mention of Gwen Cromwell. He whistles for a cab driven by Benny, a skeleton. Benny tells them to be careful wandering around by themselves due to some unsavory characters lurking around, like Luke, who got a nose job from a shadow creature. The kids arrive at the Cromwell mansion and Sophie opens the gate using her powers. Aggie decides not to take them back home immediately. She promises to start Marnie's witch training, but she has to take care of the bad thing first. Aggie uses the witch's glass to show them a vision of a hooded figure laughing maniacally and says that the worst is yet to come. Aggie then attempts to activate Merlin's talisman with a spell and a potion that can defeat the evil creature. So what are your thoughts on the arrival to Halloween Town and the way the film introduces Calabar? And what were your thoughts on the scene at the Cromwell Mansion? So the bus ride into Halloween Town (laughs) with the bus shaking and the smoke coming out, that was a step up from the Fast and Furious ride at Universal Studios. (laughs) I can't, I can't. But it was. Yeah, yep, yep. Okay, and then um, how they, how Sophie got onto the bus doesn't make any sense because there are only two no. ways in. Why they didn't see her doesn't make any sense at all. Unless she had, like, she already knew how to make herself invisible. I don't know how. But it's, it's not out of the realm of possibilities because she was smarter than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was watching this when I was younger and Calabar coming in, and I was like, this is a cool mayor. <laughs> He's fun. <laughs> Giving kids lollipops. <laughs> and um, is this part where we saw, did we meet Luke already? We haven't yeah. met him, but we saw him outside the cab. Okay, so I'll, I'll save that part for later. So uh, grandma, grandma going up to grandma's house in the, um, I remembered all the words to Marnie's fake spells. <laughs> and I was saying them as she was saying them. <laughs> I really thought she was going to do it, but it makes more sense that Sophie was the one who did it. All she needed to do was say Alohomora, but she made up this whole complicated <laughs> thing, and it didn't work. And again, Sophie, be knowing what's up, she she just figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, she opened up the gate. She had them spells. Um, I think, I don't understand how she got on the bus. I never understood that. I feel like she had to have orbed or teleported or something, because... She wasn't on that bus at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how she got to Halloween Town. And I also thought Calabar was cool, but the lollipop part was weird. And I'm glad that Sophie was like, nah, I'm not eating that. <laughs> <laughs> it came out of one's ear. Yes. Like, who's going to eat a lollipop coming out of your ear, sir? Exactly. That was strange. I never, when I was a kid, I remember I never trusted the skeleton. He always creeped me out. I think it was his eyebrows. Yeah, because the way they moved was very, it was, yeah. 
Yeah, so I I never trusted the skeleton. I was always like he was up to something. You cannot be trusted. Um, so I never liked the skeleton. And then rewatching now, I still don't like the skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Even though like he technically was a good guy, I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't take that cab ride. I remember. I don't know. I remembered him being a more more integral part of the movie, but he only has like two scenes. And for, but for some reason, that was the thing I remember is Benny, you know, grandma, like, it's like, okay. Maybe but, he was a famous, famous comedian because even in Halloween town, like the town, they had a whole display for him in the taxi cab. So he was mm-hmm. like, as if he was a really important part of the movie. So I don't know, but let me drop a fun fact. Thank you, Wikipedia and other sources. So Benny is voiced by Reno Romano, who is a Canadian actor. He's been on several shows. He was the voice of Batman on the animated show in the early 2000s and the voice of Tuxedo Mask in the English dub of Sailor Moon. So, whoa, he was Tuxedo? (laughs) Doesn't sound like I love that you, um, I love that you, yeah, no. I love that you looked this stuff up. Yeah. I was into it. so let, let's rewind to the bus because y'all bring up some very valid points that I also just didn't understand. <laughs> um, Sophie girl, yeah, she must have transported. But the bus trip was giving me very much flu network. And I was thinking about <laughs> us going on that ride at Universal. <laughs> just like, this is too much. I would get on this ride. Like they need to have a Halloween town. They need to have a decom section of Disney World because I'm with it. Oh, like, yes, that would be great. Now, if y'all do that, you better run me my coins. So <laughs> now, now how? So before they get on the bus, Dylan says he's the man of the house and he has to keep an eye on her. So again, here we are, Dylan just mm-hmm. being uh, molded into this, like you said, fifty-year-old and a co-parent. Um, but Agatha had to know. How did she not hear them? They were screaming for most of the trip. So I don't know how she didn't know they were there. Like I think she, she did knew. know they were there, <laughs> but this way, I even think she knew that they were going to follow her. This way she could can claim innocence. They came here mm-hmm. on their own. I had nothing to do with this. That's true. So I'm like, okay, grandma. Now the creatures on the bus had me rolling for some reason. He said, it's not like the old days. People have changed. I was a demon from the underworld and they say, big deal. I saw the same <laughs> thing on Jerry Springer. I saw they were, this script, this script is really sending me today. Uh, not Jerry Springer, but honestly, that probably was an episode. You never know. <laughs> I um, believe it. So, again, I mentioned the budget. So let me just say this real quick. Um, the budget was originally somewhere between 20 and 30 million, but later it was slashed to 4 million. And this was supposed to be a huge production. This was supposed to be a darker movie that was gonna be on a different network, but they were like, nah, put it on Disney Channel. By the way, you only got 4 million. Um, And so again, 24 days, instead of hiring a lot of people, they had to reuse extras, which we see. And (laughs) it just got real lazy in some parts. And I was like, when I was seven, I was so, I was enthralled. I was like, wow, this is like Halloween town. Look at all the creatures. Now looking at them now, I'm like, so y'all said, you know what, we don't have a lot of money. Um, everybody gets $30 a piece. Y'all go down to Party City. Y'all go down to the spirit store. Get, get what you can and come back. Because the, everybody just had on a mask and we're just human, the rest of them. That's true. <laughs> y'all didn't even try. Y'all didn't even try. Mm-hmm. Some of them were in like period clothes from medieval times. And I'm like, this isn't, what is, which part of that is magic? <laughs> That's not magic. <laughs> I just, some people just had face paint as we see later. I'm like, y'all, y'all just, okay, that's fine. I'm still in it though. I'm still with you. I just never, I just did not notice that before for some reason. Um, so yeah, that was kind because of Because if you look at it, if you're not, if you're just looking at the whole thing and not paying attention to the details, it does look like you're in Halloween town. There, it's, it's magical and bright and orange and, and stuff. But if you're like looking at every individual things like, oh no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it made me sad, but it's fine. Uh, and there are some people that show up, like the mummies that, were they at the beginning? I don't know, there's two mummies that are in there, but they're not people, they're just like props, but they show up, It, I guess, to fill out different sections of the movie. And that made me laugh. It wasn't supposed to, but I was just like, 
<laughs> Y'all really tried it here. Um, there was a constable walking around with his stick, ready to ready for somebody to act up. And I said, wait a minute. I thought Halloween Town was peaceful. Like, why are you out here? <laughs> it's peaceful because of him. <laughs> too much. Um, like you said, Calabar, I don't remember whether I thought he was cool or not. But as an adult, I'm like, nah, you were strange. Because oh, first yeah. of all, you, just, you rolled up. I feel like everybody who has a top hat is somehow a villain. I don't know. <laughs> But he just kept offering candy and ice cream out of his pockets and orifices. And I said, you know, this is too much. Like, yeah. I, I was I was glad too, Brittany. Sophie didn't take it. I would have been like, no, it just came out of your ear. Like, what the heck? <laughs> I don't know what's in there. It's too much. Was right. he wearing purple? He's wearing purple, right? Mm, I don't remember. It was like a, the suit was tan, I think, or something. I don't know. Something was purple because purple's the bad color in Disney. <laughs> It is. Let me know you got confirmation on that. But yeah, he was definitely evil. He was ready to see Gwen. He said, oh, Gwen is here? Okay, let's get it popping. Um, so he was, I needed to understand their backstory. And I don't think any of the other films went into it. So I need to know what happened with them. Um, are y'all are y'all Googling? Yeah, I mean, he had on a gray suit. It had a line of purple. But that's mm, it. Yeah, but not okay. really purple. It was orange. Yeah. Yeah, it was like gray and orange. All right. Still okay, well, you know, he still looked like he was up to something. Um and well, we'll talk about that later. Um, part of me was like, is he supposed to be the mayor in Nightmare Before Christmas? Because you know how the mayor had like a good side and a dark side. I was like, I couldn't remember which came out first, but it was just very interesting. Let's see, we talked about Benny, um, and Dylan pointed out how illegal it is to drive with no eyeballs. And I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, what, what was the whole thing with Luke? Like, they kept referring to him as a local boy or a local punk. And I was like, all he did was get a nose job. Like, y'all <laughs> y'all got to chill. But like, you, yeah. saw the, you saw his I pants and of, that chain um, on his pants. And they were giving, they, he was dressed like a punk from the 90s. So that's why I was like, is there a hot topic in Halloween Town? Because he, <laughs> <laughs> they had to drive it home. I'm gonna uh, share my thoughts on Luke in the next section. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me move real quick. So Cromwell Mansion, y'all already mentioned Sophie. I mean, Sophie hasn't been repressed as much as Marnie. So yeah. she's. And she's young, you know, younger kids, they are they can always believe in magic and all that. So she's like got her powers. But I'm like, girl, if Sophie hadn't been here, y'all wouldn't have had any chance of doing anything in this movie. So again, mm -mm. and Marnie girl, I know you don't have powers, but open sesame, you really thought that was gonna be it. <laughs> okay. Um, and Dylan was very judgmental for someone who doesn't even believe in magic. I was like, you gotta calm down. That's not how you motivate people. Um, he wasn't trying to motivate people. He spent his whole his time um, doing the opposite, trying not to encourage her. I'm just like, you you can chill. But honestly, I was like, Sophie, why didn't you just want, she could have wished for the lock to open, but she was like, I just wish the lock was a frog. And I was like, that's cute, but okay. Well, the fence, so the fence had a frog, like the, the gate part was a frog. Yeah. So that was like kind of telling you what was going to happen. Yeah, I guess I would have been it, like I it turned into a frog. But the, I'm saying the, 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 the part the lock was on was a frog. It it was. I mean, I get why she did it, but also part of me was just like, girl, you could have just said, I I wish that this lock would open, but you know, they had to add a little on it. Well, she um, had a little flair. She had yeah, flair because she little, was healthy. A little razzle dazzle. Yes. <laughs> Brittany, like you said, so yeah, I guess Agatha and Gwen don't talk, but once a year when Gwen comes. But I was like, so y'all got a magic a magic school bus, by the way. Um, <laughs> but y'all can't do long distance calling? Like, how is the technology working in this scenario? Well, she said I they hadn't know. figured out calling between worlds yet. She said that. I know, but I'm like, how, how have you not done that? But you got a whole bus and like a whole Halloween. <laughs> like, you made a magical realm. You can't well, make a it wasn't in the budget. They they just had the bus and that was all the all the communication they wanted between the two worlds. Look, the budget went to Benny, most of all. 
getting that robot. Those eyebrows. Oh yeah, that was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> getting those so. eyebrows to move like that. <laughs> now, what did make me laugh was um, the instant witches brew and the bubble bubble toil and trouble. Yeah, that was, that was funny. Like this is so cheesy, but I still love it. I That's loved funny. it. I was like, where do they find a microwave that has bubble toilet trouble on it? <laughs> oh, I want it. All right. So, any other thoughts? Did you did going? you do the part where um she did the spell, but she put it in there and did the spell on it? Yeah, so yeah. Sure. So there was when she was doing it, the um the spell and putting the powder over it or whatever, and they show a close up of the the talisman like lighting up and then turning off again it was just regular glitter like it was just glitter like i know <laughs> I was like they just went to a craft store and bought glitter i was like oh yeah i saw that i remember thinking that was so cool and i was younger i was like oh no that's just regular i could go do that today <laughs> will marnie get her powers Will the Cromwells find and defeat the bad thing? Find out next week on another episode of In Hindsight.